All right, welcome to another edition of the Get Your Edge podcast. I'm your host, Brian Bott, and I am absolutely jacked up to have our guest on today. He is a, he's, he's trained with me. Um, he's been a huge success uh, from the state of Wisconsin. He's actually become a, a good friend of mine. Um, so we're going to introduce here, him here in a minute, but I want to bring my co-host on, Dean Manchi. Uh, Dean from Kimberly. Dean, you over there? Absolutely. Awesome. And it's a big day here in Wisconsin, obviously, with, with COVID-19 um, that took a lot of fall sports away from our kids. Today is, uh, I guess what you would say, uh, opening weekend for high school football. You'll be hearing this this uh, on recording. So we're hopefully a, a few weeks into football. But Dean, over there in, in Maker Nation there, what uh, there's got to be a lot of excitement for everybody to get on that football field tonight. Yeah, you know, I think everyone in the community and, you know, in the school district and especially for these seniors to have the opportunity to have a season knowing that it's been like about a year and a half since kids put the pads on. So, uh, you know, I'm just grateful for all senior athletes and everybody that uh, they're, you know, starting their uh, seasons, their fall sports, and they're starting them now in spring. So at least they have an opportunity to compete something that a lot of the kids last spring obviously lost. Yeah, that's awesome. I know, um, in town here, there's a lot of buzz with some of the teams. And obviously there's a few teams that don't get to play, but making the best of every opportunity they can. And that definitely leads into our, our uh, guest for today. Um, he's a former Badger, former Pirate uh, at Bayport High School. Uh, now he is a current Las Vegas Raider. Um, and he definitely will someday be on a Trivia Pursuit card as the First Raider to score a touchdown, and I believe it's Allegiant Stadium. Uh, and I'm talking about my good friend, um, Alec Ingold. Alec, are you there? Let's go. Let's go, Bob. All, right, all right, let's go. Let's bring the energy. I'm excited to be here. Dean, Bot, we're going to crush this thing. I'm excited, man. Whatever we got to talk about, we'll get it, we'll get it going. Awesome. Awesome. And that's, that's definitely one of the reasons, Alec, why you're on here, because of the just genuine energy you bring. Um, to the way you train, to the way you play, and to the way you live your life. So, you know, a lot of our listeners are going to be high school kids and probably pretty familiar with you as being a Badger, and, and and maybe some of them don't see you as much as an Oakland Raider anymore. But tell us a little bit about yourself. Give us your background, you know, how you grew up um, mm -hmm. and things like that. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, grew up in Green Bay, Wisconsin, had an awesome family, right? Like, grew up in Green Bay that they were uh, everything to me. So, you know, I grew up adopted, and, and that's a big part of, you know, what – my story is nowadays now that I have a platform. So being able to speak on those types of things and well-versed that way, but no man loved, you know, Bayport high school was, uh, that was always the crown jewel, man. I remember I was out in the front yard one time, my dad picked me up on his shoulders and I could see the stadium lights from our house. And that was like, man, that's where I fell in love with football was right there in that front yard. So just every day since then been able to, you know, go through the ups and downs of, of being an athlete and, was able to be a state player of the year that senior year, but there's a lot of, you know, trials and tribulations that that sophomore and junior year that I had to overcome. Got recruited, was able to get that late offer to Wisconsin, that dream offer that you, you kind of, you hope happens. And throughout college was able to just be a football player. Didn't try and peg myself as a specific position, just wanted to be on the field, right? I just want to be with my boys. I just wanted to get out on the field and compete. And I think that's just the one thing that, I always carried with me throughout my whole life. So when going from linebacker to running back to fullback to finally finding that spot where now, you know, you're able to go through the draft process, unfortunately go undrafted, but 
you knew that, you know, something special was going to happen over here in uh, Las Vegas. So to be able to put all that together and be a fullback now for my guy, Josh Jacobs and coach Gruden and just getting that energy in the weight room every single day and hopefully, you know, win some ball games is that's all I'm about right now. That's awesome. So you brought up two guys that, that a lot of people know. Um, tell us what it's like, you know, from, from your standpoint, and then we'll get, you know, Dean's got a couple of things or something he's going to bring up to you, but just tell us from your standpoint, because I know you're very prideful in, in doing your job. And, mm -hmm. and that's something that I think a lot of kids need to hear, right? Because typically fullbacks don't get all the notoriety, but you block for one of the best backs in the NFL and you play for one of the top coaches and you take a lot of pride in that. So talk a little bit about, you know, how you go about your business with that, because, you know, you're not the, you, you don't, I think you're flashy and dashy, right? Because I get to see you and do stuff, but, you know, tell us a little bit about how you go about your business and doing your job, you know, do your job for your teammate. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the whole reason I'm in the NFL right now is I knew how to maximize my role on a team. You know, I wasn't, I wasn't pointing fingers when I didn't get uh, a, a job or a play or a call that I didn't get. You know, I just made sure that whatever my call was, whatever my coaching point was for a specific play, I was going to do that to the best of my ability. So my tro coaches could trust you. Uh, my teammates could trust me, my, my teammates could trust me to do the right thing. You know what I'm saying? And to be able to have that trust factor is so huge. And to just own your role and say, you know what, anytime Alec Ingold is in the, on the field, in the huddle, He's changing the offense. Got defenses have to strap up a little bit tighter. They got to know it, it might be a run. It might be play action. There's not a whole lot of trickery, but you know exactly what you're going to get. And I think that's huge in, in defining your role and being who you are on the football field. It's, it's so meaningful. Awesome. Dean, I think you got something for him. Yeah. You know, after a stellar high school career, Alec, uh, you get that late offer from the university of Wisconsin, Madison, and you're going to be a badger, you know, it's uh every high school boy's dream of if you're going to go on and play football and now you're going to a big time division one program in the big 10, you know, what was that transition being that big fish, you know, at the high school level, and then you go to college and now you're a freshman and, and it's a whole totally different uh, structure. You're with guys that are a lot older. Uh, you're the new kid on the block, the middle in the, in the sea. And uh, you know, how was that transition for you? It was scary. I'm going to be honest with you. It was very scary for me. Uh, you think I had a division one offer to play quarterback at NIU and I could have been the big fish in a little bit bigger pond. You know what I'm saying? Like NIU, I could have played quarterback, done dual threat thing, wouldn't have had to put on any weight. And I could have been the man over there at NIU and tried to throw a bunch of touchdowns and run. But once we got that offer, I remember I was in my, my dad's, I got the call when I was downstairs. I came upstairs. I told my dad that I got the offer. And it was just one of those moments, like we're crying, hugging, so much emotion was in that moment, but it was like, there's a decision to make now. It's like, are we going to go make this leap of faith? Like there's a chance you don't play a single snap. If you go, like, I was one of the last guys to get offered by Wisconsin. Like they, they didn't want me, you know what I'm saying? Like I wasn't supposed to be good enough. So to kind of bet on yourself and say, you know what, I'm going to work hard. I'm going to put my nose to the grindstone. If I have to red shirt, I'll red shirt. I'm just going to work my tail off and hopefully they find a spot for me because it wasn't an offer. Like you're going to play running back or quarterback or something. They're like, we're going to kind of get you here and figure it out from there. So there was not a whole lot of promises there. And just knowing that we had to take that leap of faith, that was the moment I became a ball player. Like I said, I just wanted to compete. 
I want to work hard. And I had to trust those coaches and, and the support staff that were there to find the best spot for me. So that hard work and that dedication really was the foundation that kind of laid the groundwork for a successful career at Wisconsin. Right. And I think, I think a cool part of that, Alec, and just, just talk about this for just a little bit. There's a lot of entitlement in athletics nowadays. Right. And that's obviously, and we, you know, we have other guests that'll speak to that as well, but that is not in your DNA. It can't be. I mean, that's how I was raised. That's how my parents raised me. And that's a part of being a Wisconsin kid. That's part of being a Badger. I think a lot of Wisconsin football guys, they recruit people that aren't entitled, that want to work hard, that the whole idea of, you know, you have a whole bunch of individuals here, but the collective group is worth so much more than those individuals all spaced out. And that that's something that, you know, they preach and that that's something that's true. So, you know, there's a whole lot more that goes on to being a good football player than your 40 time, than your bench press, than your squat. It, you know, it's the accountability. It's that trust factor you build with the coaches. What environment, what energy do you bring to a locker room? Are you a guy that people love being around? You know what I'm saying? Like all of those things matter to coaches. And to think that, oh, I'm faster than the other guy or I'm more athletic, that's not, that's not everything. You know, it's a lot of little things that add up to who you are on the field and who you are off the field. And that, that kind of brings us to our next thing. You know, we're, you know, in today's, you know, youth and high school and, and, you know, college has obviously been doing it for a while. The NFL has been doing it for a while. You know, the pro days and combines are very prevalent in, in, you know, all the way down to even youth kids. Now, you know, kids are getting timed when they're 12 and 13 years old. Um, and that's kind of where you and I met was after your pro day. So, you know, I want you to talk a little bit about, because, you know, being an athlete, there, there's so many more intangibles, like you said, but there are those measurables that you're getting evaluated on and you're getting put up against another individual who may play your position. And so talk to us a little bit about, you know, your process, you got done at Wisconsin, you know, the process you went through from, you know, after the, the bowl game to going, you know, going to your pro day um, and, and the testing that you had to go through. I mean, that's a whole different type of mentality and I think parents you know I think parents as much as anything that are listening and the kids need to understand you know the differences about it so I want you to kind of share your experience you know getting ready for that because it's different than getting ready to play football 100 if, if you're a parent if you're a, an athlete you gotta listen up to this part right here if there's anything that you listen to it's got to be this one there's a time and a place for every single type of training so when there's a combine coming up and you're, you, need, you need a number, right? You're a high school kid trying to get recruited, whatever that is. You got to talk to your strength coach. You got to talk to your high school coach and they got to know, hey, this is a combine. This is what I'm going to get measured in. Can we get a program? Can we work towards getting better numbers? Because that is a completely different type of training than trying to be a good football player, a good basketball player, a good soccer player, completely different. So when I ended up, you know, I finished up at Wisconsin, now, I was pushing 25, 26% body fat. You know, I wasn't the skinniest guy in the world. And uh, you, you had just played a full season, right? You're, you're battered up, my shoulders, my neck hurts, my ankles hurt, back hurts. But you have to get in a mindset of, I need to run the fastest 40 of my life in about two months. You know, I cannot worry about being a great football player right now. So that's what the training was. It was getting in the best shape of you could, be able to bench press as much as you possibly can, 
And that's what we did for two months straight down in Nashville. I ate great. I, I built a lot of good habits that carried over. But at the same time, the specific training and the specific program was not made to be a better football player. So once you get through that combine, you get through the pro day, okay, now you have to take a, take a break, right? Take a little deep breath. You got to say, how am I going to be a better football player now? Because those are two very different programs. And, you know, but when we met, you know, it was kind of that conversation, right? Of like, this is going to be different training than you were just doing. Like, we got to prepare you for a training camp. We got to prepare you to take a job, right? <laughs> like, undrafted cat, you need, to, you need to get ready to go into a training camp and win a position over somebody else. And that's different than the combine. So once we were able to flip that switch and I was able to train a little bit different, um, you know, with a little bit of GPP, with a little bit more um, posterior chain work, all those things that translate into the football field, you're able to be a better football player because of it. And that was a big reason for the success of my rookie year. But then you take that a step further and I got, we got, we got bumped. We didn't have a, a playoff, a playoff game. But that entire January to July, where we were able to focus specifically on being a better football player, that training was, that was the best shape I've ever been in my life. Because you're able to focus on how can I be a better football player? And you have that communication with the coach. You build a great environment where people want to show up and they want to be better every single day. You know, that's, that's undeniable. That's undeniable improvement across the board. So like I said, to wrap it up full circle, there's a time and a place for both. You know, if you're, if you want to do an eight week training cycle to get as fast as you can and, and bench press and for this combine, great. But if you're about to play a football season, that, that's not the same training that you need. Right. And I think that kind of carries over to a lot of different sports, right? You know, um, but I think one of the things that we did with you, which was very unique, um, and when you came, obviously you had just got done with pro day and I, and I hadn't really met you. And we had guys like, like Zach Bond and, and, and Olive and a couple, you know, uh, some, you know, former Badgers that were in the NFL, Travis Fredericks and, and, you know, even Doris Fountain, who was a Madison Memorial kid. Um, the one thing that was very unique, Alec, about you is every day you walked into that gym in a, in a my gym or, or, you know, how it was so, you know, technically coined as Uncle Larry's barn there for a while. Um, I mean, your mentality was when I'm in here, uh, it's time to work, you know, and I think one of the things that we did with you and I think is good for for kids to hear about is, you know, you had a specific plan, Mm -hmm. right? You know, you came to me and said, this is, you know, X, Y, and Z, what I need, right? So tell us just a little bit about that. And Dean's going to talk about some coaches after that. But mm-hmm. just just give me your thought process on kids having a plan and being able to openly communicate with, with the people they're working with. Yeah, and it's, it's hard for a high school kid, right, to go right. out to a, a high school coach and say, hey, I'm trying to get faster. I'm trying to get stronger. But if you do that, your life is going to change. The, the entire dynamic of that coach and, and player relationship is going to shift because they're like, oh, this kid wants to get better. This kid cares about this team. This kid cares about being better on the field. Like there's, there's improvements that want to be made. So when I went into your office, you know, I think it's a great way to put it. Like it's your, it's your gym and it's your program and you're the master, mastermind behind the plan, right? But it's up to the athlete to determine that environment. 
It's up to the person that walks in the door and says, I'm going to get better today. Because if you're pushing that on me, if you were saying, Alec, you need to, you need more energy or we need to do this and you need to, and you start screaming and yelling and pointing, no one's going to get better. Right. It, it's the kid that wants to get better that says, Hey coach, how do I get faster? Hey coach, what, what extra exercise can I do to work on these hamstrings afterwards? Cause I have, it's a little unbalanced, whatever that situation is. So when you walk in with a plan and you have that energy and you're ready to be motivated and go get it, that's how you get better. No coach can tell you, this is what we're going to do. You're going to get better now. It's up to the, it's up to you to bring that to life. You know, you can have whatever program, the best program in the world. You can have the best weight room. You can have the best barbell and you can have the best rack, but if you don't show up ready to go and, and you don't have that energy and that, that tenacity to get better, I mean, you can have whatever you want. You can have all the money in the world. It's not going to get you faster. It's not going to get you bigger, faster, stronger. So I think having that mentality of wanting to get better is, is something that you can't trade for the world. Awesome. Awesome. Hey, Alec, one thing, uh, Brian and I are always trying to educate all of our athletes, you know, especially because we're around so many high school athletes of not specializing, being multi-sport athletes. Mm -hmm. And I know one big thing, you know, I've been coaching for a long time at the high school level, and I don't know too many athletes that played quarterback on their football team and were wrestlers and had the success that you had. So where I'm going with this question is you've been around lots of different coaches, mm -hmm. you know, throughout your career and, and you've participated in different sports. And what is some advice that you can give to our coaching coaches out there that are listening to help them become better coaches? Because we can't coach the way we did 30 years ago today. You know, so many things have evolved, you know, and coaches are always going to clinics and conferences and and with the COVID, they were in Zoom calls and everybody's worried about the X's and O's. But what's one thing that you've learned that, you know, you could give these uh, coaches that really help them make a bigger difference in helping their athletes? The best coaches I've been around are great communicators and they're great teachers. They teach you how to play the game. They teach you how to get better and they communicate clearly. This is why we're doing this. This is why you need to get better. Tell the kids why. Why are we doing this exercise? Why do I want you to be a better athlete? Why do I want you to get that scholarship one day? Having those conversations, being able to communicate and teach allows coaches to lead from the back. You know, a lot of, a lot of people want to be up front, right? This is what we're going to do. You're talking to kids, down to kids, whatever. If you communicate to those leaders, if you sit back and you say, this is the program, this is what we're going to do. This is the goal the players can make that weight room come to life. They can make those practices come to life if they understand why. If they understand why you want them to be the leaders, if they understand why y'all want to win state one day. So being able to tell those kids that are influential amongst the team, you know, five, six, seven, eight, ten. There's no, there's no one captain. You know what I'm saying? Like you can have a group of 10 guys across a, a team, across sports, whether it's soccer, whether it's baseball, wrestling, whatever, those kids drive success. So as a coach, leading from the back is one of the most empowering things because you create an environment where kids want to show up, kids want to get better because they're getting, it's, com it's competition. You're competing with the person next to you. I was just in the weight room today and, you know, our, our strength coach never presses to get more weight on the bar. You know, he, he has this formula and he, 
he's given us the reins, right? He says, this is the program. This is what you do. Why? Like, why, why are you going to go up and wait? Why are you going to go down and wait? So today, I mean, we were ripping power cleans for heavy doubles, man. We weren't supposed to, you know, it was four, three, two. And all of a sudden I see Foster hit it and he, he got, he got up a little bit more than I did last week. It's like, okay, I'm going to go up a little bit more. All of a sudden we go up to singles. You know what I'm saying? So there's some, there's some competition that can happen. There's genuine, genuine growth that happens when you have guys crushing it like that, where you have people competing in a weight room in, in that environment. Coaches, coaches, the best coaches I've been around, they communicate, they teach you why, and they lead from the back. Great stuff. Yeah, I think that's, you know, that's a great point. I mean, but, you know, to, to follow up with that, Alec, right, coaches have to walk the walk too, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, just, you know, from your vantage point, you know, I'm sure you've had a coach or, you know, in your career where it's like, you need to do this, you need to do this, you need to do this. But like that coach is showing up late or he's doing whatever, like you're not going to command the room and you're not going to allow your kids to lead if you're just telling them what to do versus showing them what to do, right? Yeah, 100%. There's a balance to it, but kids know what's genuine, what's not. You can't lie to them. You know, a high school kid, a 16, 17 year old kid, they have really good BS meters on them. If you tell a kid why, and it's because you read some book and it's like, that's, that's how I'm going to be good at coaching. Like, that's not it. It's got to come from the heart. It's got to come true to whatever you're trying to speak. Cause if those kids feel a little bit of your heart and they understand that, th- that you really care about them, and this is truly the reason why that's, that's empowering right there. There's, there's nothing that you can quantify Besides, and, and then you're going to change lives. You're going to have a relationship with that kid for life. You know what I'm saying? So that's just the good coaches that, that can lead from the back and, and can do that thing the right way. You know, they walk the walk. It's genuine. Kids, kids know what's real and what's not. Yeah, the championships are great, but the lives you impact. And I know that's for Dean and I, again, I, Alec, I'm, I'm sure you can guess, you know, Dean is ex- very much like I am, right? Mm-hmm. It's about how much we can impact kids' lives and and things like that. So, you know, you talked a little bit about, you know, working through COVID, right? We had a very unique situation last year, um, you know, with COVID-19 in our country, which, which obviously struck a lot of families, struck a lot of people that, you know, probably everyone here is, is listening to affected them from jobs and, and things like that. One thing that we saw, you know, with COVID and, and different things if we saw people really, you know, the word was pivot, right? That was probably the most used word in, you know, the English language last year is you had to pivot, you had to adapt. Um, I know from our business, we did, I know Dean at, at, at Kimberly did, but, you know, you and I were on the phone, you know, weekly <laughs> talking about the different things you did and you used, you know, adversity and we can use COVID and, but there's a lot of other adversities. Alec, you seem to use adversity as a strength right. for you. Right. So tell us how you go about that because a lot of kids and a lot of people adversity strikes and they just want to walk away. You know, mm-hmm. I, you know, if you never face adversity, you'll never know how to face it. Right. You know what I mean? So kind of share a little bit about how you did it, you know, through this quarantine portion i know the raiders had a good system for you but then also about you know facing adversity and stuff like that yeah i mean i think covid is something that's completely unique completely novel for everybody because everyone was sharing the same adversity so when that happens there's a lot of volatility in the world right a lot of people pivot like you said and there's two ways to pivot in my in my opinion there's two ways to pivot 
You can pivot aggressively or you can pivot conservatively. And I chose to pivot aggressively. I said, okay, we got to do the, these workouts, these virtual workouts. We got to do this. We got to do that. I knew in my heart what I wanted to accomplish that next football season. So whether it was going to happen or not, I was going to do everything in my power to pivot, to make that thing happen. I was going to find a way to get work in, to get better, to accomplish that goal. And, and other people, they pivoted towards being safe and, and you know, pumping, pumping the brakes a little bit. And I think that comes from facing adversity, like you said, and facing your fears a little bit. That's scary stuff. COVID is scary to think about the risks that you're taking and, and how that can impact everyone in, in the world. And obviously you have to do everything smart. I, I wasn't being reckless when I was working out, but right. at the same point, you have to face your fears. You, you know, I, I think we talked about it earlier when I was making that jump from high school to college, I was scared. There's going to be a lot of change. There's going to be a lot of adversity, but I realized how much impact and, and change happened in my life in a positive fashion for just working hard and trusting my parents, trusting my support system and just being who I am. So then when you go next to becoming undrafted, I was scared again. I, that was my dream. You know, I, I wanted to be a drafted guy. I wanted to get that call on ESPN and it never happened for me. Going out to Alameda to try and win a, a job, I was scared, but I worked, my, I worked my tail off. I worked so hard and I trusted my support system. I trusted my coaches. And I was able to walk with that inspiration every single day. And that motivation, like Bot said, brought that energy every single day. I faced that fear aggressively. And I was able to accomplish it. So when you have another situation like that, where COVID hits, adversity hits, you know, it, people are scared. Everyone's scared. But the more you can face that fear and you can look it in the face and say, why am I scared? You know, it, it, realize what the, the positives and the negatives are. And then be able to just go get it, <laughs> understand what you're trying to accomplish, write that goal down, whatever that is. And then you're able to kind of formulate a plan to be able to go attack it. And we got a lot of high school listeners, Alec, and uh, what's some get your edge advice, you know, some golden nuggets, you know, that you can throw out there, some knowledge bombs that would really help a high school listener. Yep. To, to, to really make it a lot easier for themselves and, and to have a better high school experience. Yep. This is, this is something I'm obsessed with right now. This is something that it's an idea where uh, my special teams coach, who is a genius, talked to us a couple times about, he talked about a microscope and a telescope. So in life, you have a telescope, right? Where are you headed in life? You, you look down at this telescope and you can see all the stars, right? You can see the big picture. So if you understand, you spend a little bit of time in that telescope, figure out where you want to go in life. Maybe it's 10% of your time, whatever, 5%, where you can seriously just reflect and say, what do I want to accomplish? Where do I want to go? Who do I want to be? Then you can create a plan like I was just talking about so that on a daily basis in that microscope where you're going day by day by day, you can attack it and you can trust that you put down the groundwork so you know where you're going to be headed. So that telescope can be like, man, I want to be the best chef in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Like that's, that is your dream. That's what you want to do. You want to open up your own restaurant. You want to be a chef. Great. How are you going to do that on a daily basis? You can break that all the way down. Man, I might, I might watch Food Network with my dad. I might go take a culinary class. I might go sample all these, all these restaurants, whatever it is. So that every day, all of your actions, there's no hesitation. 
there's no questioning it. There's no, uh, I don't know if I'm, you know, indecisive and you can walk into whatever room you're going in and attack it. And you can say, this is where I want to go. And I know it, I believe it. I trust it. So if I'm a high school kid and I'm looking at, I want to be a chef or I want to be an NFL football player, or I want to be, I want to make it to this college, look in that telescope, figure out where you're going in life, write some goals down, write, write the steps on how you're going to get there. And then every day you trust it, you believe it, and then you become it. And it's just that daily repetition. It's that discipline. It's that energy. You know what I'm saying? Walking in, big booty mixes on the radio at Sports Advantage every Thursday. I know I'm going to have a heck of an uh, upper body day. I, I know I'm going to crush it that Lower day. body day. Lower body day. <laughs> we're going to have a, we're going to crush a lower body day. It doesn't matter. You know what I'm saying? So just being able to trust your, your daily actions is so important. So taking time to reflect a little bit first, huge. I think, I think one thing you said there, Alec, and, and you do this, right? You, you have goals, write them down, right? Get you, write, <laughs> yeah, that's your, you write them down, right? I, I was told to write down my goals a million times from coaches, from teachers, from my parents, everybody. You know, you just kind of say it. Once I truly did it, I changed my life. Like I, it took me 22 years of hearing people tell me that. And I never listened to it, man. So any high schooler listening to it, they're probably like, okay, yeah, Alec Ingold is going to say, write down my goals because he's in the NFL. But no, if you seriously, like when you're done listening to this, if you write down three goals, man, that's just a start. That's all you got to do. One thing we talk with our, like our young kids too at, at Sports Advantage is when you write them down, put them somewhere you can look at them. I know I've gotten this from Dean too. Put them where you look at them. And we always tell our kids, you know, most of our, you know, put them in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. you know and hang them you know and and my wife does this to me she takes mine down every now and then and I put them back up and drives her nuts she takes it what are you out there for and I, so this is my side that you you have your side you know but I I put mine up there in the bathroom mirror because when I'm looking at the goals I'm also looking at the only person in the world that I can't lie to and mm-hmm. I can't fool right you can you can tell your coaches hey I'm, oh I work so hard I work so hard but when you look in the mirror at that person in the mirror right Alec you can't you can't fool that person, right? They know exactly what you've been up to. <laughs> right. That person in the mirror knows exactly what happened. Yeah. I mean, mine was in the sink. Mine was right above my sink. You yeah. know, when I was trying to get those combine numbers, I had all the combine numbers I was going to hit right up in there in the sink. That's awesome. So, you know, you've got a, a some fear maybe that you're going to be approaching real soon here. You and you and your fiance, soon to be wife, right? You're going to be married soon. Tell us about how excited you are for that. Oh man, that's awesome. She's a fantastic lady too. I met her last year. She's a great lady. So tell us a little bit about how that's coming. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if you can see the name on the bottom here, but if I, whenever I talk, I'm using her, uh, (laughs) I'm using her iPad or uh, MacBook right now, but no, I'm super excited. We're going uh, wedding venue shopping uh, this next week. So we're going to figure out where we're going to have our wedding. It's an exciting time. So man, it's just, it's awesome. She's crushing PA school right now. She's working crazy hard. So just really proud of her and really happy for her. So man, I'm, I'm really excited to get married, man. That's awesome. That's awesome. And so, you know, I want you to, I, I know you, you, you're working with, I believe it's adopt us, right? Um, you talked a little bit at the beginning that you were adopted. And so um, this is an incredible platform I've watched, you know, anybody that doesn't follow Alec on social media, on his Twitter, on his Instagram, um, you know, he does his, his Monday messages that he's done. Um, and now he's doing this and he's got an incredible presence on social media. So just tell us a little bit about, 
um, that that you're doing because it's a, it's a very unique and very special to you, um, you know, thing that you're working on. Yeah, I mean, I think Adopt You as Kids was a partnership where you realize you start to realize you have a platform, right? When you're in the NFL and all of a sudden people start listening to you for whatever reason. I don't know why. I'm kind of crazy, but you know, they they're like, oh, you know, we're gonna pay attention to this NFL football player. So to be able to say, yeah, I'm adopted, and to say to look another kid in the eye that's going through adoption or has been through adoption or is in a foster home and be able to say, you can, you get to be whoever you want to be in life because I was able to accomplish all my dreams and goals because of a supportive adoptive family. You know what I'm saying? Like to be able to truly say that and live it and to be able to make it to a place where you're able to say, I was, I was right where you're at, you know, with the, all the issues and the fears and, and the scary parts of adoption you know, I, I lived it. So to be able to look those kids in the face and be like, you can be whoever you want to be. And it means something. You know, I think that that's what it's all about. That's why I'm here on this earth is to help inspire somebody to do something great. Someone hopefully will, will take a message that I gave them and change the world with it. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, hopefully that that's just a little bit of motivation to, to keep working on these high school kids, keep inspiring them to be the next great leaders of the world. And, you know, there's going to be numerous activities, events, things I'm going to get, try and get a part of. Uh, and yeah, like you said, it'll be on Instagram and I'm dropping a website soon. So, you know, stay tuned for all that. It's going to be in the bio, but man, I, I just, I just hope that people can listen to this message, listen to this podcast and say, you know, we're going to do something special, whether it's the person that they, their coach, their teammate, their parent, their son, whoever you can look at that, that support system, that network you've built. And you can look at that person and be like, let's do, let's do something great. Why not? And you know, that, that's what it's all about. It's awesome. Dean, you got anything else for him? Uh, you know, one thing, Alec, you know, when I was watching you play in high school and I heard a lot about when coaches talk and talk about this athlete and that athlete, and you are obviously very gifted and we're an incredible athlete and in multiple sports. And all the, the thing that kept coming up with your name was better person even. And, uh, and that's what it's all about. And uh, I'm just really impressed how you handle yourself and how you've dealt with a lot of adversity and your, your energy is contagious, man. And it's just been an awesome time on this podcast, you know, having this opportunity to ask you some questions and uh, give a lot back to our listeners out there. And I appreciate your time. Thanks guys. I mean, it's been a pleasure. It's, it's been an awesome platform. I hope you guys have a heck of a podcast and it's going to grow and people are going to hear this and they're going to be like, we need to talk to bot and Dean, man. That's going to be, it's going to be big. I'm excited for you guys. Well, I can, I can put in a little blurb for, for you. I mean, it, you've definitely changed, you know, my mindset on a lot of different things. Um, you know, I, I, the, the closest athletes that I've ever had are the people that impact me as hopefully as much as I impact them. And, um, God, if I've impacted you anywhere close to how you've impacted me, just how you go about your business um, and things like that, I, I, it's just been a true honor for me. Because, but we ain't done yet. Like we're no, we nowhere here yet. being done. Um, <laughs> we got a lot to accomplish here. Uh, we got some 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 rings to win, and you know, hopefully some some Pro Bowls to play in, and and a long Legacy career, and and maybe some other things that we might have working down the line. But um, it's been a it's been an honor. Um, the day you walked in my gym, uh, you made my gym better, Alec, and I'm truly blessed to, to have you, um, as a, as a person I train 
um, and as a friend. So I really appreciate everything uh, that we've gone through in the last couple of years, and, but we ain't even near being done yet. We're just getting started, baby. We're just getting started. Let's go. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Uh, there'll be some the, in the show notes that we have below. You'll be able to, to see some, some of the information on Alec, uh, possibly get in touch with him about um, you know, some of the things he's doing. Uh, also with Dean on his Fox Valley throws and things like that. But tune in next time and we'll see you soon.